creating cyberspace and welcome to episode 115 of the double density podcast with your host Brian angelo double density your home to tech tales and paranormal primers now first things first angelo this has been pretty much the best month of my life because you've largely left me alone i've been largely offline i haven't really been doing anything been on vacation relaxing not going on twitter definitely not going on facebook i've been using instagram a lot but uh yeah i've been leaving you alone are you happy I am actually, yes, because um, just today I noticed on Instagram you started following a uh, magic account. Yeah, I follow several magic accounts. Not Magic the Gathering, that's for nerds. Uh, real magic. Wow. <laughs> Pot, meat kettle, uh, handshake made. So we were talking though yesterday about the idea of uh, actually splitting up this podcast, right? Where you do half of a magic show and then I do half of a paranormal show. And in the middle, we like stitch together. I don't think it would work because I don't know enough about magic. Like I've mentioned, it's just a fun little hobby I'm doing and uh, I'm enjoying didn't watching you it. Go I'm to, learning like, a lot. Didn't you make a day excursion to go into a uh, uh, town to go to the magic shop last week? I did. And it was actually really great. Really nice people at that shop. And I took a picture of my daughter in front of it. You can check out my Instagram if you want to go look. I had a good time. Why don't, just, you, okay, 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 okay. Why don't you shed out your Instagram handle here firstly? I think it's just Angelo Furin. I'm pretty there sure that's what it is. That way people can go gawk at your magic adjacent pictures. Is is it at Instagram? How does that work? At Instagram.com? <laughs> <laughs> and then they send uh, an email and I approve it? Well, the first step is you uh, put in the AOL CD into your uh, tower. Oh, yeah. That's that's not a that's customer? That's yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it's not. Uh, welcome to the 90s, uh, my friend. Uh, in the interim, while you were away, while you were enjoying yourself, I uh, recorded an episode with my wife. It was wonderful. A lot of great feedback about that. Angela, I'm reconsidering uh, our partnership together in order to maybe uh, bump you off, bring her in. I'm, you know, I'm kind of on the fence about this. What if we just move in together? Maybe it'll we, be easier. We could. I, I think that like uh, you and I staring at each other eye to eye as you try to flip cards on my face will add a whole different dynamic to this, um, you know, the show in general. Just spring them right into your face. That'd be funny. That'd make for, I, I just had an image of that happening with like, uh, you know, one of those 50 frames per second cameras. Oh, like super slow-mo? Yeah, that'd be amazing. Just, I'm picturing it. it. It's pretty fun. Everybody out there, picture it. Go look at a picture of Brian and then picture his face being hit by a shower of cards. Yes, in slow-mo. Yes. I love how you're giving people psychic homework here. Yeah, psychic homework. That's what we're all about. <laughs> um, so tell me about your time away. Did you do anything special? Uh, did you encounter anything special? Anything either tech or paranormal related? Because I have a quick paranormal story uh, that we can get into either now or later. Well, we'll get into it in the, the paranormal section. But for now, Fair tech enough. related, I used Lyft for the first time because we don't actually have that here in uh, Montreal. We have Uber, but I don't really feel the need to use Uber because... Uh, I have a car, and if I, if not, I'm downtown just walking everywhere. But I use Lyft to get from uh, the Orlando International Airport to Universal Studios. And uh, that Lyft app is really great. And it worked out well for you? No problems at all? You had a pleasant driver? Did you rate them properly? Yeah, I rated them properly. Um, I, had, uh, I used Lyft three times. And uh, just even the onboarding of the app itself, uh, the way I, I, I got both, I got Lyft and Uber just in case I wasn't sure what it would be like when I got to Orlando to see which one was available more quickly, but both were there at the same time. So everybody says Lyft is like, a, let's say a, a better company overall. And just between the two apps, the onboarding with Lyft was way easier. Putting in my uh, Touch ID, got everything in there, including uh, passwords and all that stuff, was very easy to use. And I was able to use Apple Pay with it uh, without any setup issues. So I was pretty happy about it. 
Do you think that the Angelo of uh, 1999 would have his mind blown right now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, uh, look, we talk about this all the time, how it'd be fun to have like a time machine and just tell yourself in the past how great things are now with certain things. And uh, yeah, uh, Lyft was pretty cool. Uh, and also way cheaper than a taxi, like significantly oh, for sure. cheaper. For sure. In certain markets, it definitely is, right? From what I saw, the average cost of a taxi to uh, Universal Studios from the airport was about $50. The Lyft... Uh, after tip and everything, and I tipped them well, was I think 30 bucks. Let's talk about tips. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to read uh, the news recently with you being outside of the uh, the bubble of the internet, but DoorDash is has been in trouble over the last couple of weeks because they've been substituting. So the way that it works for DoorDash is they guarantee you a certain amount of pay, right? When you uh, are a driver for them, right? And so they've been using customer tips in order to subsidize the, uh, the cost between what is owed and what they're planning on paying you. Who needs venture capital when you can steal from your uh, contractors? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the contractors is the right word, uh, my friend. It's a weird story. It's an unfortunate story, but it's also not a surprising story, right? No, and I was going to say employees, but you actually corrected me once when I said that they were Uber employees. But you're right; they're they're independent contractors. Yeah, exactly. Kind of sad, and also kind of a related story. Uh, and the first one we're really going to get into this week from restaurantbusinessonline.com, which is a website that I will actually plan on frequenting now because I find the restaurant industry so fascinating. Uh, it's an article entitled, Worried Delivery Drivers Are Eating Orders? You Have Good Reasons. So apparently, according <laughs> to a study conducted by the distributor U.S. Foods, about 28% of uh, drivers admitted to uh, eating a little bit of the food they're delivering. Did they say how big the sample size was? So if you click through to the original study from usfoods.com, they say that they've they, um, uh, surveyed 500 drivers, right? Oh, 28% of 500 is a lot. Yeah. Also, um, keep in mind, these are not traditional delivery drivers. These are people from apps, right? So Uber Eats, Grubhub, DoorDash, Postmates, et cetera. Uh, the gig economy, buddy. I know. You gotta, you gotta know. eat somehow. I know. Uh, they were asked things like, if uh, you ordered a burger and fries and the delivery, uh, or the deliverer grabbed a few fries along the way, how upset would you be on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, a lot of customers rated it a 10, right? So the average score was about 8.4 on 10 about being mad. Well, there's some dude's hands in my food. That's disgusting. Right. But are you, you, uh, you get what you pay for. That's the thing. I, I don't, I don't know if I'd ever want to use these types of services. If I hear things like this, it's look, whenever we order food, it's just from, uh, a chain or whatever, or a place that has delivery themselves. It's never through Uber Eats. Although my kids are obsessed with asking if McDonald's delivers, I guess they kind of do in a way. So they do, and uh, the deliver. So the the McDonald's two blocks from my place is an Uber Eats uh, accessible place, and the few times I've been in there recently, it's been really insane because the machine makes this like really loud dinging sound over and over. It's very dystopian because you're working the line, and all you hear is this machine endlessly dinging away as people um, submit orders for things like drinks and fries and things. And then, um, so I've kind of watched how this goes down in certain instances. And what they do is they have these like gigantic uh, to go bags, um, paper bags that they um, sticker together in order to be able to say like, hey, your food has been tampered with. But the sticker can be easily lifted from what I can tell. I actually think drinks and fries and things is a great name for a restaurant, Brian. I think so too. It's like wings and things, right? Like that is a, the name of a, uh, uh, a restaurant chain. 
Uh, well, too bad. I think you'd end up with copyright infringement there. Double density. So I, I want to cover just a couple of things about the actual U.S. Foods um, uh, survey itself. Um, so on the customer side of things, uh, th- some of the major complaints are the food uh, was not warm or fresh. So 17% feel consistently irritated by that. Uh, food delivery is late, 16%. Incorrect orders, 12%. On the deliver side of things, though, it is uh, much higher. So weak tip or no tip. Uh, 60% of drivers are consistently irritated. Food not ready on time of restaurant, that's 52%. And then unclear instructions from customer in the app is 39%. So food not ready at the time of restaurant is a really interesting one. I've seen a lot of threads, especially on Reddit, about um, the friction in between um, uh, uh, these delivery drivers and the, establish- the establishments in which they, they frequent. Honestly, it sounds like everybody hates this. Yeah, it's an uh, yeah, it's an inideal kind of proposition for everyone involved, except for the customer. And, you know, people are... Well, even the customer seems annoyed, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's imperfect, right? But it's also uh, a lot of these are opening up avenues to places that don't want to do delivery service necessarily. So, I mean, if you're a foodie, I guess it's good. But then again, like uh, the majority of these places are places like McDonald's, right? So, yeah, yeah, it's not exactly for foodies. So let's move on to more customer complaints. Does that sound good to you? I love customer complaints. Did we, did we get an email complaining about our, our, no, uh, no. our podcast schedule? Not at all. Uh, though if anyone wants to complain, doubledensitypodcast at gmail.com. Go ahead. Our mentions are open on Twitter over double underscore density too. If you want to let us know what you are thinking, do you use Uber Eats, et cetera? How do you feel? Uh, how do you find the service? How do you feel about it? Um, but the next thing I want to talk about is actually something that we've talked about here on um, the podcast. I do believe we talked about this uh, with a guest, uh, Zach Sanchi, a couple of months ago. Um, this is an article from telecompetitor.com and it's a report about how consumers are willing to pay between $17 and $27 monthly for all video streaming services combined. And we talked about the idea of how these different services are siloing off, right? Like the big news is that Friends is moving off of Netflix next year, as well as um, The Office, it seems like. Um, pretty much imminent. A lot of people are complaining. They're moving to a different service, which you'll have to pay an extra like 10 to 15 bucks for, right? So, you know, uh, Hulu, et cetera, et cetera. You know, where does this end? Do you, how many services do you subscribe to, Brian? For video one, and then I have Spotify. I don't know how much I pay, actually. Let's think about this. So if it's just video, um, I guess Prime counts, but that's kind of like a hybrid service, right? Because you're paying also for the free shipping. Right. But let's say, like, let's let's have it then, right? So what is it per month? So have, like, what, Prime is 70 bucks a year here? So uh, 35 bucks a year? Okay. Okay. That's not bad at all. No. Then let's say uh, Netflix now, I think I pay about... uh, after taxes, like 14 bucks a month right. and YouTube after taxes is about 12 bucks a month. Okay. Do you find you're getting your money's worth from the, all this? Well, that's all we watch. So I, I mean, those are the three services I watch. So yeah, I, when I watch something, it's either on YouTube, it's either on Netflix or it's either on Amazon prime. And how often are you buying movies digitally? Buying the actual movie outright? Never. We rent movies maybe once every few months. Hadn't you, hadn't you mentioned that you bought some Disney movies? Not recently, no. No, okay. No, we, we buy them from time to time, but it's it's very much like a, a treat for like the, a birthday. Like Detective Pikachu's out now, so uh, it's not available to rent yet, so we're going to wait till we can rent it. Like I'm not going to spend 25 bucks on that movie. No, it's it's not a good call at all. Uh, but renting it is totally fine. We'll watch it as a family. We rented Spider-Man that way. Not uh, Homecoming, but... Uh, the other one into the Spider Verse. So, into the Spider Verse, yeah, yeah. So we rent movies from time to time as a family, but we often just watch stuff on Netflix. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. So this article kind of goes on to describe a survey. I don't know how many people they surveyed, though. Unfortunately, um, all about how the optimal price point is about twenty one dollars per month. But the thing is, like, 
you are, gosh, there's so much that you could be paying for here that like is kind of ridiculous. And we discussed the idea that like in the end for similar service before you get cable in the end, you're going to be paying about the same rate. Um, so according to this, 34% of people pay between 51 and $100 per month for cable. Wow, that's a lot of money. I agree. Um, so even with streaming services is a little bit quieter, a little bit less expensive, but uh, it's going to add up in time, I think, right? With Disney coming online, Apple coming online, all these different services coming online um, within the next three to four years, I think we're going to really start to see um, your wallet get hit harder for access to all these different streaming services. And we've talked about this, the correlation in between streaming services, siloing out content and uh, the rise in illegal distribution of content um, that kind of like uh, hit uh, a low end uh, 2010 to 2012. Then as um, stuff started to get siloed out again it started to uh, creep back up and they kind of measured that through stuff like um, number of torrents offered and things like that what it's going to create is you know how these services created uh, cord cutters well all these services are going to create like service jumpers if you know what I mean right they're going to get Netflix for a few months watch what they want on Netflix then cut that service jump to let's say HBO Go use that service then jump to uh, the Disney one for a few months, get their fill of that and then jump back. Like, so that I feel what also may happen is that you may end up sharing logins with people um, and just rotating. Yeah, for sure. A lot of people do that already. Um, I don't actually, I should maybe, I don't know. I, I, we only have, we pay for the cheap Netflix one where it's HD, but you only get two. Uh, okay. Um, Cause yeah, we have three screens here. Yeah. So we only have the, the two screens and it's, it never comes up. So it's not a big deal. And uh, I think prime you get three and YouTube, you get, like infinite, as long as you're not playing music on more than one. Uh, right. YouTube works in a weird way where, uh, let's say I'm I'm watching uh, a music video and then somebody else tries to stream music off of Google Home or watch another music video, it cuts off uh, the first video for some reason. You know that, why, right? You know why, right? Well, because music is different, right? Well, also just the revenue models that YouTube has agreed to with the major music content distributors is way different from regular videos. Um, and they're forking over more of the cash, right? So in order for you and a loved one or, and or friend and or acquaintance to both access a music videos, uh, on a premium level, it would cost you uh, more, obviously, because it costs them more. Okay. Okay. And, and, uh, regular content on YouTube is ad supported anyway. So that, that's why it doesn't really matter. Exactly, and it's different. They have, you know, you know, they have different agreements with content creators than they do with the major music, uh, you know, companies too, right? I, and I will say, YouTube was the one I was most skeptical about because, well, who cares? You just sit through an ad or you skip the ad after five seconds. But it makes a big difference, especially if you're watching uh, one of the longer videos. There's no ad interruptions or anything. It's it's pretty great. And uh, between you and I, Brian, the ads on YouTube are terrible. Yeah, I never pay attention to them. If you ask me what I've seen, I couldn't tell you honestly um though uh, something i would like to discuss very quickly that i don't know if i brought up but we have a roku tv here in the home we've installed uh, several channels like 2b tv as well as the uh, native roku video app and there's a large selection of stuff that you'll never see on netflix there like that's uh, the roku app is how i'm watching untold mysteries right now um uh, 2b tv has a, a bunch of other uh, great offerings in a number of genres too that you will never find on netflix which i find kind of cool and do you pay for that Nope. Nope. It's ad supported though. But I mean, like okay. you're watching like a one to two, 10 to 15 second ads per half hour, 20 minutes, let's say. So it's not bad at all. I'm willing to trade that in. And the thing is, I don't even remember the ads. I don't know if I'm conditioned now, uh, if my brain is broken in that way, but uh, I seem to be able to just forget what I've seen if it's not actual content. 
I guess you're disappointed it got rid of the InfoWars uh, channel. <laughs> yeah, after 24 hours, yeah, that's exactly yeah. Uh, a big thing. Uh, lastly, on the docket this week is something I want to talk about that I found kind of uh, cute and endearing because we all know that this is a uh, dystopian future that we are currently living in, or rather a dystopian reality, not even a future. Um, an article from the Star Tribune, which is from the Washington Post originally, uh, entitled Never Googlers, Web Users Take the Ultimate Step to Guard Their Data and Explains How Certain People Have Tried to Avoid Google for Years and Years and Years. Someone who doesn't want to log into buy a certain kind of cereal on Amazon uh, will travel 40 miles or so to stock up on this kind of cereal. Um, you know, and there's like lots of anecdotal um, kind of stories in this article about how people are avoiding Google actively. But the thing is, a lot of this stuff exists on Amazon web services, right? So even if you're trying to avoid Google and or Amazon, it's not going to work out well. No, we talked about this where somebody tried to not use Amazon for a week. Oh yeah, it was, it was a, a motherboard article. Yeah, yeah, and it was pretty much impossible. I know a uh, friend of the show and previous guest, Tyler Menard, is very much into not trying to use Google. So he has his own email address and he, he's moved away from Google quite a bit. He's, he's done a pretty good job of it. But we all realize like Google's there and uh, you have to, you have to, not that you have to use it, but you'll end up using it inadvertently from time to time. But I know Tyler has been really not into using Google very much. And I get, I get his point of view and um, I pretty much agree with it too, but I'm, I'm too lazy to move away from Google. We're using Google right now. I just think that uh, the battle's already been lost on my end of things. I think that like I've sort of like understood the fact that my information is not my information anymore. And um, we don't live in Europe where there are um, stronger privacy laws to sort of uh, protect us from that. Right. So it's kind of a, a lost cause in a way. And, you know, I don't let it get to me most of the time. But sometimes when I see very targeted ads for things, I get a little disappointed. No. And Google's listening to me right now. See, but that's on you. Like you've invited the voice assistant in your home. Actually, no, I didn't invite it. They gave it. It was thrust upon me because I brought Nest. Thrust. Yes, Uh, that's the perfect verb for this. You didn't gleefully open up the box and give it a hug and then your kids wondered what was going on. It's pretty cool. Pretty so, cool. kind of a question for you in this case. Um, we've talked about this a little bit. Uh, you were talking about how you put a picture of your daughter at a magic shop online. Mm-hmm. Um, digital legacy, your kids. How do you still feel about that? The pictures I put up are not anything that I wouldn't have, like hanging in my house or anything. It's not exactly weird things that they would not be. No, no. I just mean in, in the concept of creating a digital footprint for them before oh, they're ready to receive uh, their own. I'm I'm not super. Uh, intense on that i get it i don't put that many pictures of my kids online i did put a really cute picture of a chipmunk eating out of my son's hand that was cute i like how we're getting into platitudes instead of the hard topics here on double density of course yeah i just like to avoid things brian yeah i know i like to keep things happy which is why you uh disregarded my idea of splitting the podcast up into magic and magic and the paranormal yeah exactly I, look, like I said, I don't know enough about magic yet. Maybe one day. Yet. Okay, perfect. Uh, I bet you exactly no one wants to hear that. But who knows? There may be a niche audience out there willing to entertain the idea of a, a magic slash paranormal podcast that exists in silos. Speaking of niche audiences, again, now with the magic thing too, I love finding these little um, groups all over the world of things, right? Like, so there's the tech podcast group with all the same people that go on each other's shows. We've had some of the, these people on our, on our, on this show as well. And I, it's really cool because you get to have a community. Did I tell you that I was waiting in line for the Harry Potter ride and a guy comes up to me. He's like, Hey, ATP. Cause I was wearing my ATP shirt and uh, we like shook hands. And he's like, you're the first guy I see wearing an ATP shirt out in the wild. Did you then tell me you had a podcast? 
I then for I, I was so excited Angelo. by this, and I, I was like, I should have been like, hey, we had Casey Liss on our show. You should listen yes. to it. I totally forgot. I was I totally, now shamelessly tell coworkers I have a podcast, and I tell them to listen to it. I know, and this guy would actually get it. Oh, and man. Uh, yeah, wow. I, it was a lost opportunity. So if you're out there, missed connections uh, here on <laughs> Double Density. I can't believe that uh, this is such a re- like a, a, a revelation to me that you, you uh, hey I'm speechless here. I know, and I feel really dumb now that I didn't actually say, "Hey, well, you know, if you like ATP, are you ashamed of me?" Not at all. No, I, I'm I'm actually ashamed of myself for not bringing it up. And then, like later on, my wife's like, "Did you mention you have your podcast?" I'm like, "No, I didn't." See, see, and, thank and, you. And he was too Thank far in the you. line. I was going to start cutting in line and like, "Hey, buddy, look, you remember should've. me?" Yeah, I should have. You should have. Yeah. Anyways, uh, let us move on to the paranormal section because I am real sad right now. Okay, bye. Double Density. Welcome back to Double Density. As always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So the first thing I want to talk about this week is uh, a, a sort of like weird paranormal thing that happened uh, to us last night. My wife was looking through her Google Drive and she found a, a very long video entitled mom.mp4. And so she goes, I don't know what this is. And it wasn't a shared with. It was in her drive, right? And so uh, we threw it on and it is a funeral service. Okay. A 45 minute funeral service. And we have no idea who this person is. Oh, I just got goosebumps. That's super creepy. Very weird. So she removed it. And then I said, we were trying to like logically try to figure out what it was. And we, we couldn't. Um, she was very creeped out by it. And I was too. And yeah, it was, it was it was just strange. Oh, I have goosebumps, Brian. That's really, really creepy. It was pretty odd. Yeah, that was my paranormal moment of uh, since we last talked. Um, since we last talked to the Area 51 storming September 20th has blown up. Yeah. Uh, don't really have much to say about that. Are you practicing your Naruto running? No, I'm not. Okay. Then, well, you know what? That's fine. That's fine. I will live um, through that. You actually, speaking of Area 51, UFOs and Google Drive, remember like when we first started the podcast, somebody linked me a yes. UFO video and yes. then it disappeared? Absolutely. Yes. And we tried to figure out what was going on. We couldn't. Yeah. It was, uh, I thought he had linked it to me, you, and Rob, but it was just me. Like Rob yeah, this would is, make more sense because like he's, yes. he's pretty much an expert on the topic. I'm not. I'm a total skeptic who doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, uh, a little disappointing. So that's another misconnection. If you're out there, Mr. UFO video man, please go ahead. Uh, double yeah. podcast but the funeral thing, Brian, that is I creepy. I know. And it was like a static camera shot of like the... Uh, oh, God. The, yeah, no, it was, it was pretty weird. Yeah, and, I, and I'm glad you just sprung this on me. We, I did not know you were talking about this tonight. I, so. This is pretty good, right? I gotcha. Yeah. Um, I have a mundane conspiracy theory. Go ahead. I, this is going to be pretty good because we, you know, this is going to be a conspiracy heavy show, I think. Yeah, well... Okay, so door manufacturers, this is patio doors, front doors, whatever. I think they have a conspiracy with ant poison companies because they have these little <laughs> holes in the doors that are inexplicably there and I have to cover them up because ants come through them when it gets humid outside. And I had ants in my house this morning and I was very upset because I, we run a tight, tight ship here and I like to keep things clean. There's no reason ants should be in my house, but there were a bunch of ants in my house coming through these stupid little holes and these stupid doors. And I'm sure they have some sort of agreement with like Raid and whatever other companies out there make ant poison to have these holes so bugs come in your house. 
You you think it's a follow the money kind of moment? Yeah, totally. Follow the money. Like in JFK, like, uh, you know, we're through the looking glass here, people, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So I had ants in my house. I had to put poison. Uh, I put it on the outside of the house so they would go be attracted to it on the outside. I know I'm killing living things. I'm sorry. But when you invade my home, I'm sorry. That's what happens. The better conspiracy theory would have been something about the ants, though. Oh, we don't know what they're up to. Well, yeah, no. That's the thing is like, can you talk to the queen? No, you can't. No. Uh, hopefully this poison uh, kills the queen. That's what they advertise it as. It, uh, <laughs> they bring it to the queen to feed her and it murders her. In, uh, the murder of an entire colony uh, is resting on your uh, uh, head, heart, yeah. whatever black piece of, of, of flesh is inside of you. Kill the queen, kill the colony. I shared uh, an article with you from Experience Magazine called Bending the Spoon and Other Secrets of ESP because I know you love talking about psychics and things like that, right? So I thought this was kind of like a fun, lighthearted little article about, you know, what it's like to um, um, uh, go to an evening with parapsychologists and just hang. It was actually a fun article. And uh, one of the magic podcasts I listened to recently had Yuri Geller on as a guest. And uh, he's, he's charming on the show. And he refuses, still to this day, to admit what he what he is. A grifter. He doesn't talk about being a magician. He doesn't talk about being uh, a psychic or anything. He doesn't he doesn't say whether what he does is real or not. Even though all magicians know what he's doing is like magic, right? It's not it's not real. It's it's a technique he uses. That episode of that podcast was really interesting. It's called uh, the Magic Word Podcast, and it was episode five hundred. We've strayed so far from the path of our mission statement when we started here on Double Density, um, some way, somehow. Well, uh, I recommend we, the show, Brian. It's it, You know what? Podcasting's great. I like to recommend stuff, and it's a good podcast, and it was interesting to hear uh, Yuri Geller talk. I still uh, think he's uh, he's a bit full of it, but whatever. He, he, he knows how to market himself, so that's totally fine. But uh, yeah, uh, this article at least was very lighthearted. Um, this, I, I have some choice quotes from it, Brian. Okay, go for it. Um, one of the ones that made I me laugh, I, I, laugh out just, loud. Before I forget, I believe I know what you're about to say, because I'm psychic. Barrel stares at each card for five seconds as we try to read his mind, scribbling our guesses onto standardized printout sheets. If Sheldrake's theory of morphic resonance is right, you'll do better than the last group, Barrel tells us. They've already added to the collective consciousness to which you have now access. Wow, there's a lot of garbage in that. He's just like making mumbo jumbo BS talk about stuff. And then my other choice quote is our psychic friend, Alice tests poorly too, but she's determined to make the best of the situation. I knew this was going to happen. She says, yeah, so I'll throw out your article um, during this evening that they spent at the Rhine Institute um, with a bunch of parapsychologists. And this isn't like a real hard and fast, like, you know, like scientific commission. Not I mean, at just all. Like, kind of like a, it's like a parlor evening, right? Yeah, it's, it's uh, w- w- like, a, like a magic jam, you know, when magicians get together and start doing magic tricks. <sighs> <laughs> and uh, so Alice, all throughout the article, is kind of like uh, the narrator's way of kind of exploring the idea of uh, sort of like the cougar um, sort of aspects of, of parapsychology. So Alice is a self-proclaimed psychic, and she goes through the evening, um, and she, you know, uh, kind of fakes her way through a lot of stuff. Like she says, uh, oh, I bet you're a firefighter to a man who had introduced himself to someone else as a firefighter a couple of moments ago. And then, you know, there's a lot of that in the article too. I found it kind of interesting They talk about one of my favorite things on earth, which is uh, remote viewing, obviously. Yeah, you, you love the remote viewing. 
Who's the uh, the the boss of the remote viewing you always mentioned? Ed Dames. Yes, Major Ed Dames. I'm not so keen on the remote viewing. I think it's also a bunch of uh, how we say uh, the technical term is hooey. Yes. Uh, so another part of the article is, uh, so during the remote viewing experiment, they're asked to, um, a photograph is placed in an envelope and placed there and people are supposed to guess what it is. So the photo is revealed to be a randomly selected Associated Press wire photo of kids in a snowball fight near the Coliseum in Rome. No cars, no Desi Barn. So this is what the author is guessing. So Alice says, I keep seeing water. That explains the snow. Of course. False positive. Um, they also bring up a um, a book by uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, and we had mentioned him. Oh, who, yeah, right, because he was a spiritualist towards the end stages of his life. Exactly, and we mentioned him in context with Houdini and how he refused to believe the magic tricks Houdini was telling him were techniques, were actually techniques, and he was saying he was lying to him because that he was actually doing real wizardry. What do you think, Angelo? Tell me, <laughs> tell yeah, me what you think. Uh, you know what I think. I think uh, Houdini was a wizard. Well, that does not surprise me, my friend. So is there any part of this that you actually uh, do believe in at least a little bit? No, not at all. None of it. Uh, I do believe people are con artists. Um, I I do believe uh, Alice is probably sincere and has deluded herself into thinking she's psychic. But you don't believe in the idea of the collective unconscious, the idea of like uh, uh, stored memories throughout society and history that we may unlock as we get more use out of our brains? I'm not a fan of noetic science, no. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I am a little bit more on the all-in side on things here. I do want it's to 2019, believe, Brian. I know, I know. I do want to believe that there are um, things out there, right? But uh, so, like last episode, we we're talking about Ouija boards, for example. Like, you don't believe in those either, obviously. So, uh, coming back to that, like after that episode, did you guys go and buy a Ouija board? No, so I have one um, stored at my parents' place right now. Um, I've stored a bunch of boxes there, including the Ouija board, um, and it is one of the earlier models from the seventies, like the original seventies ones. And so. Steph is not a fan of these things, right? She wouldn't want one in her house? No, she doesn't like its symbolism. Okay, okay. By the way, I, w- can I comment on how great that episode was? It was pretty good. I wasn't in it. <laughs> uh, I'll be but, very honest uh, with you. It was, it was a good one to put together. And uh, the, the other reason why we, I haven't brought it over here is we don't have any room. We live in a smaller apartment right now. There's no room for a tiny board. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, <laughs> you should use uh, it as a table. You should come over and do an episode here, and I'll, sh- I'll show you my bookcase. Okay. Are there uh, any magic books? On your bookcase? No. I just had to double check. I don't think so. No. Okay. Uh, does, uh, you know, does John Hogue count? Rogue scholar John Hogue? No, no. You have a John Hogue book? Uh, yeah, about Nostradamus, dude. Of course. Dude. Oh, yeah. Okay. I bought it for a dollar. Nice. Oh, yes. I remember discussing this. All right. Carry on. Sorry. Well, the, another thing the article kind of describes is the idea of like how parapsychology has been like shoved to the side, right? So the idea of like the rogue scholar, quote unquote, is like a very, um, uh, not necessarily prominent, but existing kind of idea, right? The idea of like there's established science, you know, capital E, capital S, established science, and then there's all these sorts of offshoots, including parapsychology. Yeah. Well, they talk about uh, J.B. Ryan and how he um, is kind of, kind of what happened to him is depicted in the movie Ghostbusters, which is arguably one of my favorite movies and how the documentary ghostbusters no the 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 ghostbusters the documentary <laughs> ghostbusters with dan Aykroyd. It, it it's not a documentary brian i don't know about that dude uh i think you're trolling but uh that is neither you know they're sorry continue yes uh anyway they talk about how when they get kicked out of the university and they just start their own thing that's sort of what happened with him he got kicked out of duke was it duke yeah. So he got kicked out and then basically opened up his own place across the street. 
I find kind of interesting how that's, that through thread is kind of like uh, created, right? So the idea is that like is part of uh, a larger thing. But then again, like we mock things, but then like the MK Ultra program is partially run through, you know, McGill University here in, in, in Canada, right? So yeah, that, that actually kind of was shocking to me, but uh, that's a little more realistic than and understandable how that worked, right? There were mind altering drugs that were used. So that actually makes sense. Something happened there. This, there's no proof of anything. Everything is chance. It's true. It is very true. Speaking of chance, uh, you and I both love the internet, right? And one of our favorite things is trolling around the internet to find interesting content. And I think I hit a gold mine earlier this week when we were trying to figure out how to put the episodes together. Um, and so I kind of want to pick your brain about this, if that's okay. Please. So I was trolling through the relationship advice uh, subreddit. I'm f- endlessly fascinated by human behavior, and I feel like this is a great place to do that. And I stumbled upon a post um, from earlier this week that I thought was very fascinating and also per- the perfect fodder for what we do here. So I'm going to read this to you, okay? Please. The title is, My F26 Boyfriend, M30, is a wealthy, well-educated, completely normal man, but he believes, without any irony, that he met a vampire and he confessed this while he was high. Should I ask him about it? Sober, question mark. So I'm going to read the, uh, the post now, so I want you to think about this as I read it, okay? Okay, I will. We've been dating for eight months. He comes from a wealthy family, private school, Ivy League, Ivy Law School. He works for a bank right now. He got very high a few nights ago and told me a very long story about how when he was in boarding school in Switzerland, aged 16 or 17, he met a man that was 400 years old. He wasn't telling a joke. He wasn't trying to be funny. He sounded scared telling me and said he had never told anyone before. I'm not even joking. Like he was almost in tears telling the story as if he was admitting to murdering his mother on that level. The next day he was completely normal. I don't even know if he remembers telling me he's a completely normal guy. And honestly, he's never mentioned being into vampires. Nothing. He doesn't even really watch the movies or anything. Should I bring this up to him while sober? It's been a few days and I feel awkward about it. Or should I just forget about it? Right? So this is user heavy underscore cardiologist. So I've taken a look at their post history. This is the only thing they posted. No posts, no comments, nothing at all. Just this post. So I'm beginning to think that is a troll, right? Let's start with that. Heavy cardiologist. That's really an interesting username. I agree. And also, this is the only post, and you registered this on the day that you decided to post? Well, maybe she came to Reddit to get an idea. True, I guess so. Um, But there's no follow-up, right? So, (laughs) uh, firstly, how do you feel about vampires? Let's get into this first. Well, they're not real, but uh, I like vampire movies sometimes. I've never watched the Twilight series, though. Is that worth watching? I have seen all five films. And? It's fine. It's okay. it exists. Okay. Uh, so, question for you then in that case, right? So, uh, aliens and UFOs, right? So that's category one. Cryptids is category two. Vampires is category three. Place them in in order of believability to you. Cryptids number one. Aliens number two. Vampires number three. I'd put vampires at a distant third. Yeah, like vampires existing is just very impractical. Yeah, it's really hard. I do not see vampires existing in this mortal realm versus like, yeah, a cryptid could exist, right? A mutation of some sort. Aliens probably exists, right? Let's do this all in 2019. Brian says they exist. Well, Definitely. They, they, uh, look, there's aliens I'll see, somewhere I'll out see there. You, there's I'll see you. I'll see you at Area 51, September 20th. Um, there, I'm, I'm going through like some of the replies. There's some really long ones. Uh, there's a, so a good one by the ghost proof blanket that says ghosts are real. If I hadn't seen one, I probably wouldn't believe in them either. I saw mine with another person present. So there was no way it was a hallucination. So Angelo, you're married, right? I am. I know I've been lying to you this whole time. No children. All the pictures you have me are fake. The person you saw at your wedding was a hired actress. That's some one hour photo stuff right there. And that is very creepy. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so she comes to you and tells you the exact same story. What do you do? I would try to understand what 
where she's coming from. Also, it'd be very odd to find this out after being together for 15 years. Right. Uh, so after this podcast ends, I want you to read her or send her a link to this and, and get her thoughts on this, if that's okay. <laughs> okay. I'm she, very I don't curious. think she's ever been on Reddit. That's, that's fine. Just be like, hey, uh, there's a, a message board on the internet. Uh, they have this post. What do you think about this? Uh, one of my favorite comics here is uh, Become a Vampire Hunter. <laughs> it's practical. Also, like, I would have definitely asked him when he was sober. That would have been something that I would have done, right? Hey, listen, you uh, were very high. Also, you don't partake uh, in recreational drugs, right? I do not. So you, uh, how can I describe this? Sometimes the reality that you perceive uh, or in my case, a lot of the time, the reality that someone else is perceiving that I'm dealing with um, can be very different when they're altered, right? So the idea of something uh, scaring you uh, like this when you're, you know, in a certain state uh, would make sense, uh, you know, if your reality had been, you know, altered uh, chemically. I guess. I don't know. Well, I mean, like when you're high, for example, you believe certain things that aren't necessarily true. Okay. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like i just cut and paste god you're such a straight nerd i know it's awful you love card tricks and you love your family and you don't even love edibles why did you get all uh you just went right up to your microphone didn't you no i went the other way i went i went all the way over here because i was rubbing my eyes in sadness oh, okay because it sounded like you were distorting so now i'm gonna have to put some more compressors on that you want to talk about <laughs> compressors no let's talk about vampires okay they're compressors of blood. Let's be honest here. Like they're <laughs> very good. Uh, they're very impractical, right? Like the, the notion of them existing would, would require um, uh, a series of uh, missing uh, bodies, right? Or like synthetic blood as well as tunneling or just leaving at night. And uh, as society uh, grows uh, through time with things like Ring and, uh, you know, other doorbell apps with uh, video capabilities, uh, we're going to catch some vampires. In we theory, won't because they don't cast a I reflection or you can't. You see them on video. Is that okay? So the the reflection thing, fine. Video though, is that different from a reflection? It's uh, I don't know. It's like a lens, and there's a camera. There's a reflection in the lens, isn't there? <laughs> Something like that. Um, oh, the other thing is, is you you mentioned they're impractical. I agree. Um, you, they may be immortal, but they sound really easy to kill. Yes, absolutely. Like, like uh, the like, sun uh, will like, kill them. A splinter yes. will kill them. Yes, garlic. Um, like yeah. they can't live in Italy. No, no, they, they definitely, vampires are not welcome there at all. Like, uh, there's so the many crosses and stuff. So yeah. <laughs> this is actually a very good point. I never considered. There's no Italian vampires, my friend. <laughs> there are definitely no Italian vampires, maybe Italian adjacent vampires, Eastern European, somewhere, you know, uh, somewhere cold and damp and dark maybe. Uh, for most of the year, something close to the Arctic, maybe. No, cause the cold doesn't kill them. They, you know what? They'd have to live in like places where, where it's always dark. By the way, uh, I sent the article to Tina, yes, uh, my wife, and uh, her reply was all kind of crazies out there. <laughs> that is her reply. Uh, that is the perfect reply uh, to that, my friend. Uh, you know, uh, if I was romantically involved with this person, I would definitely ask them about that sober. I would definitely try to make this a point of conversation. I may even get a little excited. This is not real, first of all. I'm pretty sure you're right about this. This is de definitely something to uh, get. A, <laughs> I'm laughing because uh, her text now says, leave me out of this. <laughs> so uh, that's uh, it. That's, uh, we will no longer in, mention what she thinks about this. In classic internet parlance, this is what we call a shit post, right? Yeah. It's too bad, though. I, I thought the, the preposition was really funny. If anyone's ever had any encounters with vampires or people that they assume... Actually, no. You know what? I do have a story about this. Oh. Uh, when, when I was younger, I was uh, uh, casually seeing... 
seeing someone who I uh, lost touch with. And a couple of years later, I ran into her um, at a bar and I was talking about her life and she's talking about her boyfriend who uh, really aspired to be a vampire. Like he found a dentist who was like um, willing to whittle down his teeth into uh, very sharp fangs. It's like a real life cosplay. And she was really into the idea. And that's uh, where we left the conversation. I haven't seen her in like, what are we, 2019? So like, let's say like uh, 14 years at this point. So did, uh, uh, did she write the Twilight series? She did not know the no. timelines don't match. But no. uh, yeah, I thought that was a really interesting kind of a side note that I completely forgot as a repressed memory until I just brought it up now. I hope she's safe. I hope she's okay. I hope her uh, vampire boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, husband, partner, etc. is is fine too, right? I hope his teeth are okay. Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's funny and it's fun if you're into kinky stuff, but then you cross a line and suddenly you are paying a dentist thousands of dollars in order to make your teeth sharp and you're accidentally cutting into your lips at all hours of the day. Not a good thing. As you scroll down into this uh, Reddit post, those like things sort of degenerate. As this post is winding down, so are we. And this has been episode 115 of the Double Density Podcast. Please keep in mind that we are still maintaining summer hours here on Double Density. So we are going bi-weekly until the end of the month. That being said, uh, I have a couple of really interesting ideas for next episode that I'm not going to share with you, Angelo, until we are ready to record. So you better get ready for that. Uh, and as always, you can find us in all corners of the internet. You can find us over on Twitter, Double underscore Density, on Instagram and Double Density Podcast. And then you can head over to DoubleDensity.net to find out all about us, find the latest episodes, find out how to subscribe, because you can also subscribe to us on all of your uh, favorite podcasting services every Wednesday or every other Wednesday right now. And also we'd ask that you rate, review, and uh, let us know your comments uh, about this episode and about the show in general, right? Yeah, and you can also check out our Instagram accounts on uh, the website uh, if you're interested in seeing pictures of uh, Magic Shop. Yes, let us plug the... Uh, Maybe what I'll do is I'll let you do next episode, right? Because I've never skipped an episode. You've skipped a couple. So maybe you come back with a magic special. We'll see how the audience feels about that. And then we'll do a business as usual as a back to school kind of thing. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> I have a 400-year-old vampire to go talk to. Well, that one, my friend, uh, is on you. So uh, until next episode, when Angela and I revisit our old ICQ archives, I will, uh, I'll see you then, I guess, right? For sure. Unless a vampire so, takes me. See you around, Angela. Bye. Uh, Pokemon, uh, Pokemon detective, uh, detective Pichu, uh, detective Pichu, Pichu, uh, Machu Pichu. Wow. <laughs> Machu, detective Machu Pichu. Detective Pichu. Pichu. <laughs> Pika. <laughs>